Welcome back, everybody, to another episode with your host, The D is Silent. Uh, today is, I think, 10-21, 2022. It's been about not quite two weeks since the last episode. Been very busy. And as uh, things are, things of the nature, everything in my life is good. Just been very busy. Wrapping up the end of the year, as you well know. Seems like, shit, Christmas is right around the corner. The stores are starting to advertise Christmas services. Lights, candies, decorations, etc., etc. But let's talk about a couple things. So, let's talk about the Dodgers' disappointing-ass postseason playoffs and man did they did the Dodgers literally just I don't know shit the bed Uh, absolutely terrible disgusting performance by the Los Angeles Dodgers And, and I'm for one you know I expected them to go deep into the playoffs again another 100 win season um Seemed to be the, one of the hottest teams in baseball. They looked unbeatable at points. Going on like 10, 15, 20 game win streaks. Minimum losses. I mean, you don't rack up 100 wins without going on some streaks there. Uh, and then they get to the playoffs and get bumped by the San Diego Fathers. Um, right out the playoffs. And what kind of shit is that? Uh, the Dodgers, and this goes to the top. I know Dave Roberts sat there and before the season and start, even started and said the Dodgers are going to win the, Super, the World Series. Uh, I, I, for one, thought they were going to at least do a better effort. I didn't know if they were going to win. Vin Scully dies. They have all the momentum. The MLB is behind them, and they pull this shit. If I'm Magic Johnson, if I'm the owners of the Dodgers, Dave Roberts does not see another inning of Dodgers baseball. That man should be taken out and put to pasture immediately. Um, it's just completely, it's completely terrible. The Dodgers are point blank. This is beyond. Uh, this is beyond. Distasteful and in in classless. This is bogus. This, this is actually a black eye on what really is. Uh, I mean, I I don't know what's worse, the Raiders. You know, as a sports fan, I don't know what's worse, having your team have all the pieces for success and just completely fall apart right out the gate, or you got all the pieces to success. You you one of the best teams and you get bumped. First, second round of the playoffs in in it really was a beat down. Uh, the the San Diego Padres really beat down the Dodgers, and I kind of feel like yeah, they they really beat them down. I didn't think the Dodgers had no answer, uh, especially in the late at any point of the game after like the third or fourth inning, the Dodgers had no answers. They could not stop the Padres. They could not score on the Padres. I think at one point it said that the Padres had retired 39 batters in relief in a row. Uh, And I just kind of feel like 
that's just it's just bad it's just bad all the way around it's worse than bad it's that's low I mean the team morale I mean it's shot now I mean they're waste, wasting away potential players careers doing stuff like that and I, and if I was a player I wouldn't be mad as hell at the Dodgers uh, the pitching staff has got to be under heat uh, the batting staff under heat players should be they, they should be getting talking about getting rid of Cody Bellinger immediately uh, Cody Bellinger, and I hate circling out players, but he hasn't done nothing since his his uh, MVP, you know, ask season. He hasn't done nothing but be injured and not hit the ball. Uh, there's other players that just didn't. Joey Gallo was the non-factor. Uh, Gavin Lux was out there doing who knows what. Uh Mookie Betts didn't do much. I mean, this is just, I just don't understand. Uh, and I'm not saying trade Mookie Betts. But what I am saying is there's a lot of players on that Dodgers getting paid a lot of money that need to go. Um, we have Max Muncy on third base. Bonehead. And I know you want Max Muncy in the game. But he's not a third baseman. He's barely a first baseman. Maybe he needs to go to the outfield where Cody was. Um, I mean, Freddie Freeman didn't, you know, didn't really show up, uh, and they and they got beat up, um, three games to one. They only won one home playoff game, lost the next, lost two in San Diego. It's ugly, an ugly performance. And the coaching, too. The coaching, Roberts wasn't still moving bases, uh, people over on bases. Um, again, he couldn't pull the plug on Bellinger. I think he thought Bellinger was going to I don't know, man. I mean, the, the, you got to, I'm sitting here scratching my head still thinking about what happened to the Dodgers. And we don't have a true closer. We don't have nobody that can come in and get a straight three outs and end an inning. There's nobody there. Uh, I mean, Kershaw pitched okay for a couple innings. Urias pitched okay for a couple innings. And that was the extent of the Dodgers playoffs. And a couple of hits here and and there. Uh, Trace Thompson had two phenomenal plays to keep the game tight. Ultimately, the Dodgers gave it up anyways. Um, I mean, it's just the whole season goes right down to the, to the gutter. Again, win for Vin. You know, they did that to me when they retired, and they did it to me again this year. Like, they just think they just think up the whole joint, man. And I and I hate dogging, you know, teams that I like. I like the Dodgers. Um, because I don't like the Angels and I refuse to believe that the Yankees are the best organization all over um, but this is this was a terrible performance this, this this should be Dave Roberts I mean they're probably not because baseball will, will have you believe that Dave Roberts is some magnificent coach 
But this should be his last season, just off of the body of work he's done. Um, he should he should be out. He should be out. This this is terrible. If he can't get us over the hump, Dave Roberts has had plenty of opportunities to get us up and over the hump. If he can't get us over the hump, it's time to move on. Let's take out the COVID season. You take away that, we lose to the Red Sox 4-1 to in the World Series. It wasn't even close. Uh, we lose to the Astros, who may or may not have been cheating. But everybody cheats uh, to a degree. But not everybody cheats. But, I mean, still, we should have easily won that one, too. I mean, there was games where we had chances to win that game. Um, then we win the one where it's COVID season. But beyond that, we've had seasons just like this where we just didn't do shit. Um, get rid of some of these cats, man. Get rid of the Dave Roberts is not that good of a coach. He's just not. We have, we have enough talent to get us there. We don't have enough talent to get us over the hump. And to really coach your team deep into the playoffs and win. Uh, Dave Robertson had Don Mattingly didn't have it. They need to get rid of Dave Roberts now. I'm sick and tired of you know this shit, and they need to get rid of him. Um, and that's my Dodgers outlook, man. I mean, again, I circle some players out there that just you know some areas that they need to improve because we don't. Probably not going to improve. Don't really know if we're going to bring in a pitcher. Bueller. I don't know what's going on with Trevor Bauer. It's two pitchers that just kind of, you know, you know what it is. It's just kind of like, damn. Um, you know, and it's just one of these things. Like, I kind of feel like. Just another. We just wasted a season, a golden opportunity uh, to get us a chip. You know, I and as a player, you expect to win if you're on the Dodgers. You come to the Dodgers because the games in the season you want to win. It's a long fucking season, uh, and to come out to this is just absolutely embarrassing. Um. And again, there's no, there's, it's not all coach. It's the players too. Players fell asleep on the wheel, at the wheel, the car. You know, it's up to the manager to pull them out. Cody Bellinger was sleepwalking. Pull his ass out. Sit his ass. Joey Gallo was there for what? Doing what? I mean, if these players are not doing, fucking get them out of there. Fuck the ego. Fuck the money. Get them out. Um, pitching's substandard. I mean, if fucking Vasalio, I don't know who the fuck we have back there. Gratterall can't get three outs. Fucking get rid of him too. And I know in the regular season everything looks fine and dandy, but in these tight games, you got to really sit down and consider, okay, these cats in tight games are just not good. Um, Kershaw in tight games is just not good. I mean, maybe it's, it's time... Might be time for to get move past Kershaw. Um, I no longer see him as a dominant. I mean, maybe even a regular season suspect, injury and, and suspect. 
Um, for sure in the playoffs, he's not really that good. Um, Urias kind of stole his shine, but even Urias struggled. Um, yeah, we don't have a back end um, person in the back end. Just what it is, man. I mean, overall, the season, the, the Dodgers season, they weren't, you know, them thank you fans and fucking celebratory uh, things that they, the, the team does for the Dodgers. I mean, it's just, I don't even want to hear it, man. The, I would have much rather preferred a firing on the spot than a thank you fans. Um, but again, that's the that's the nature of the beast. That you know, uh, it's one of them things. Um, you know, sports you get you get upset every season if you're a sports fan. I mean, only one team, one franchise per year. comes away with the whole thing so moving on from the Dodgers uh, Lord of the Rings Rings of Power I I cannot stress this enough the internets have been talking so much shit about the Lord of the Rings and I want to come out and say this not only are the, the haters of the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power uh, nothing but a bunch of bitches but I kind of also want to say that the Lord of the Rings Rings of Power probably one of the best shows I've ever seen uh, that, to me this is this was a 10 out of a 10 series for me this is one of the I mean I can't get over how awesome they made uh, each and every episode and the story and everything I could not my mind was blown at like episode 6 I think it ended at episode eight. Uh, episode eight had me shook too, to the core. Um, it's such an awesome job by the studios at uh, in the Amazon Studios, the Tolkien camp, the characters, uh, the Lord of the Rings franchise. The Lord of the Rings franchise will go down in history if they keep this up and they come out with another couple of movies. Uh, it, it will rival. Star Wars, it will rival. It probably be the number one um, fantasy fiction uh, franchise out there. I mean, they they have not. The Hobbits were not bad movies. I like the movies, and if you're a fan, you like the movies too. The, the critics and some of the other people were kind of thought it was only okay. Because they weren't rated too high, but they weren't rated. They weren't rated as good as the originals. But the Hobbits weren't bad movies. There's a lot of other franchises that are clinging on to dear life with worse ratings, um, a la DC and and Fast and Furious. But the Hobbits haven't had that yet. And I think, critically speaking, analytically speaking, and just overall, the fan service they gave me as a fan of the Hobbits and Lord of the Rings, this was truly awe-inspiring and it just sets up the universe so massively that I, I cannot begin to explain in, in an hour-long uh, podcast what it meant to me personally. Uh, having read the Silmarillion's uh, book and I didn't really understand what I was reading 
Because if you actually sit down and read the first 100 pages of that book, it's just literally telling you the names of players of places. But I did understand how the jewels were created. I did understand that the elves had it for a while. They switched uh, sides. Some elves branched off from the other elves and they were going to go to war. Some elves chose to stay behind. Um, I understand that Morgoth was... in the, And I don't know if we're going to ever get to there being a Lord of the Rings, a Morgoth movie or series. But I hope they do because they've now painted Sauron again as being one of the craziest fucking villains that... I, I mean, I like the show. I, I do admire me some some darkness. You give me some anti-heroes. Give me, give me a little bit of Godzilla. Give me a little bit of Darth Vader. Show me uh, Anakin Skywalker's Descent to Madness. Um, give me, you know... I, I love me some, you know... Uh, I, I Thanos. I love... Uh, Loki, give give me Kang, give me Doctor Doom, give me you know Venom, give me Carnage. I do love me some of the villains out there, big these big villains out there, the T Rex, the, you know the Velociraptors villains, true villains to the core. Uh, Sauron is another one, and in the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, they always danced around. Sauron, he was ever there, you know, obviously you knew he was looking for the ring. The ring is what drove. And this is why this Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power to me is so special. Because in the original three, what made the three so good, they knew if the ring ever made its way back to Mordor and into the hands of Sauron, the whole entire world would have been lost. Um, The battle between the good and evil would have been lost right then and there. Uh, and the ring, and you know, the ring played such an importance. And I've always wanted to give me a Lord of the Rings ring, especially if it if it glue. And who doesn't want the the invisibility power? I know I do. Slip that bitch on and just go invisible to the world, you know, to the unseen world. Uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy was such a good. I mean, I watch those movies when I can. If it's on TV, I'll sit and watch it. I've watched them probably hundreds of times. Um, I remember one time I watched Lord of the Rings. I, uh, I was from Christmas Eve to Christmas. I thought I was going to stay awake the whole night, which I did. Only to get to about 6 or 7 in the morning. Nobody wanted to wake up to do Christmas. And I was, ended up falling asleep. But I watched Lord of the Rings. I baked some cookies. I just I don't know. I was just doing some stupid shit. And Lord of the Rings is one of those movies I always watch if it's on. If it's on, I watch it. And sometimes I go and watch it. I just recently bought... The Hobbit movies with Lord because I wanted to watch it. Have been a while since I watched The Hobbit, and I loved uh, the dragon that's in The Hobbit. It was such a great um, lead up to him and it whatnot, and also the Arkenstone, the Oaken Shield, uh, Oaken Shield, all of them, all of those characters, the White Orc, um, the dwarves. Durinson, uh, everybody in The Hobbit was phenomenal. He still had a sprinkling of Legolas and other characters. What I'm getting at is the ring played a huge importance and now we've got to witness the creation of some of the rings. Not all of them. We've got the three elven rings uh, made out of gold and silver from Valinor. 
and also with uh, jewels uh, made by the hands of Feynor, uh, who plays a big part because he's you know he's one of the people that actually crafts these the lights into the jewels. Um, and and men are gonna get the rings. The door is gonna get the rings. Sauron is going to get his ring eventually. I don't know. See, I'm not exactly sure how much time they're gonna spend because the destruction of no- Numenor is coming. Uh, I hope it's not next season, but I hope the destruction of it does come at some point. Uh, and then we have the ascension of Sauron uh, with his ring. I don't know how how many episodes and seasons they can get give us to get to these big moments, but all of that is coming, and and we've got plenty of infighting between the dwarves and elves. Uh, we've got fights, you know, between the, the land of men and, and other people. Uh, you know, the kings of men that do do ascend. Uh, we gotta be on the lookout for that as well. There's no king of the Southlands currently. In this, in this, they built up Adar. We will see how far that goes. I don't know 100% if the wizard that shows up. I didn't think it was Gandalf. I was thinking this is gonna be turned into Saruman. Um, because Gandalf seems a little too gray, all the way into the Lord of the Rings so I think if they were on their way to look for the this wizard this is going to be Sauron's introduction he plays a good person for a while and I want I would love to see him be corrupted um, by Sauron uh, you know I would love to see that as well you know it to me is just one of these things, man. I mean, the, the they built in so much into this. Uh, Isildur's there. I don't know if he. They said he's dead, but I don't know if he comes back via necromancy. Uh, they can go in a million directions. And necromancy has already been a subject because that was in that was explicitly expressed in the Hobbit series. Uh, so this show can go in. Uh, it can go a million direction. I mean. It's truly a phenomenal experience, and they can go even pre Lord uh, Rings of Power from when its inception, from when it started. They can dabble backwards, um, and I'm hoping they do. I'm hoping they keep Lord of the Rings sort of relevant. And, uh, I, I've been waiting for these things for some time now. I was wondering, you know how far they can take it where they're going to go with this and they have not they did not disappoint me in this Lord of the Rings Lord of the Rings Rings of Powers uh, season 1 and, and I got it I got there's like there is some big moments in the series again fuck the internet fuck the haters there is some incredibly powerful moments in this series that had again had me shook uh, to the core, you got to see the birth of Mordor. Uh, again, I talked about that before. Um, you know, they take Sauron's blade, they release the waters into the mountain, and the mountain erupts. Uh, 
creating Mordor and currently the domain of Mordor is under leadership of another but nonetheless it the the, the creation of Mordor and that looks so beautiful on screen man I was like I was like bruh like if that that just just it just looks so like if that if that's how Mordor was built um and they darkened the lands and Adar his plan came true and currently he's against Galadriel but he's also the enemy of Sauron but now that now this can bounce back the other way Adar did not want Sauron to command the orcs and he explicitly said that he killed Sauron so I'm kind of wondering if he will team up with Galadriel if not for a while to try to hunt and kill Sauron but eventually team up with her to go against him and maybe he's that's when he meets his demise we don't know we shall see what happens to him um again Sauron needs to rise and, and again Halbrand uh I didn't have much inclination to him turning to Sauron but they had tiptoed around Sauron long enough to where I was figuring you know what it would make sense if he was there in the entire season. It would also make sense if I they made it seem like the wizard was going to be him. I knew that wasn't the case. I was like, that is that looks like either Gandalf or Saruman. But I kind of felt that Sauron was there hiding amongst the people. I thought it was going to be the little kid in the beginning uh, that ended up getting stabbed by the blade I thought maybe okay he would eventually turn into Sauron or maybe uh, somebody else but it, it, ultimately it being Halbrand made so much sense and at the end of the the season uh, knowing full well that Galadriel he was saved he saved Galadriel ultimately Sauron and Galadriel is going back and forth of her being saved by him, her, him saving her, she saved him again. Uh, they end up fighting together. They're together, together. Um, you know, him deceiving her, she believing in him, but they didn't really care about that. Um, you know, it's phenomenal to see on, on, you know. And then his reveal to her, I mean, bone-chilling. Um, bone-chilling and truly, I mean, I can't get over it. His master plan, truly one for the ages. Um, yeah, he wanted, he said, fuck fighting her. Let me give, let me make her my queen. I will love her. And her ultimately refusing his hand, but to me that to me it's gonna stick with me that he probably gonna try it again. Um, and he might get close again, and he might get close get close over a number of times, and and she might even consider it a number of times. And if it was anything other than her brother being killed by him. She probably would have 
joined his side. Uh, would have been phenomenal to see that. I would love to see that alternate reality, personally. But truly phenomenal. His um, his revelations of sorts. Truly, um, truly mind boggling how it all shaped shaped out. I can't. I can't get over it. I've watched now the last episode of that twice in its entirety and I watched the last 20 minutes of it or 30 minutes of it another time. I just couldn't get over the fact of his revelation um, and his idea of them ruling together or saving Middle Earth um, truly, truly diabolical scheming. Uh, it almost he, he almost pulled it off. I wholeheartedly believe he would have pulled it off had just a couple of items shook differently shook, shook out differently her, her whole reasoning for wanting to hunt him down was because he killed her brother and if that wasn't explicitly stated over a couple of hours of screen time about her desire to eventually track down and kill Sauron if that wasn't the case he would have probably folded she would have folded to his power um, and I'm, I for one believe that that was probably a possibility for her had his, her brother not died um, by the hands of Sauron. And I honestly just believe that he came close. He got close. And it'll be interesting to see their relationship going forward. Because again, I tell you, uh, Sauron is alive all the way to the end till we see... Frodo kills Sauron, essentially. Um, and so there's centuries, if not millennia, of time to figure some shit out. You know, see the twists and turns that it takes. And, and the franchise is off to a great start. Season two, I'm hoping is, I, I you know, it's gonna take a while to get out, but they do season two. And we get a third and fourth and fifth season. I mean, I'm just right there. That's where I'm at, man. Again, I can't um, can't stress it enough how good of a season it was. Uh, again, visually, the team they had behind the CGI, Bravo, ten out of ten. There's some amazing visuals in there. We got. The original battle for Middle Earth, you know, the Nazgul fighting the eagles, piles of dead elves, piles of dead orcs, burnt landscapes. You've got to see uh, the the creation of Mordor. You've got to see Sauron's uh, essentially his his master plan. Um. Uh, Oh man, there's just so much to it. You got to see a, I think a couple of battles between orcs and humans. Um, man, all through and through, it was just good, just good. And again, I don't know what anybody's talking about. How. 
this show was off its rocker. Like, nah, you're off your rocker for just letting people just fucking yap in your ear about how not good this series was. This, this series was fucking good. And I got I can't say much more than that. I, I just get I tip of my cap. One of the best uh series that I have seen. This doesn't put to shame all of what Marvel's doing. It doesn't put to shame, you know, Stranger Things, but this is this is on another level. They they really took it up a notch uh for this and they treated it with due respect and I and I can't get over it personally. I'm Sitting here just like, wow. Truly amazing. Um, but that's it. We're going to pause this here. Get back. We'll talk maybe tomorrow morning. We'll talk a little bit more about uh, some of the things that I've watched. The end of She-Hulk. What it could mean going forward. Um, you know, Andor is still coming. Uh, what else have I finished watching? Well, I'm in the middle of watching Handmaid. So, so we've we'll, we'll, we'll got some stuff to talk about. Uh, after I just dogged the the Dodgers for a cool minute, but hang tight. I'll be right back. Okay. I am back. So let's wrap this episode up. I got a couple more thoughts out there. I know I was going to talk a little bit about some other shows, but they haven't finished quite finished up yet. And, um, but let's talk, uh, let's talk Hellraiser. Let's talk Northman. Uh, both I've seen in recently. Actually, Hellraiser, I was, Slightly anticipated for, and it was underwhelming. Um, uh, I know they try to go with a fresh take uh, in having the main scene by be female, which I thought was okay. Uh, oh, it was better than okay. I thought it was okay. A fresh take on it, but overall, the movie just stank. Uh, no real connection between the actors, um, and to me, this was this was seriously lacking in creativity. Uh, like the story is just like kind of all over the place, and they try to throw too many things in there to try to match it up with what's happening in current times. And not that, and not that that has anything to do with the LGBT, but they they try to force the main character having like some sort of wicked drug problem, um, you know, especially you know when right now fentanyl and all that is they they made her pop pills like, and she was an alcoholic, and she didn't know if it was the drugs at first or not. Um, and to me, that didn't that that didn't even need to be there. Uh, the boyfriend was also some sort of hippie, not a hippie, but also that kind of a like a drug addict in his own right, doing all these things for nefarious reasons. Uh, his death ultimately at the end was dumb. Uh, the brother died. Uh, anyways, he she gets kicked out of the apartment because the brother thinks she's on. I don't know, man. The the story gets up and off its feet. Um, it never really does get up and off its feet. It kind of just is kind of like there was absolutely no reason for them to be 
fucking with the cube. You know, I, I just kind of feel like the the motivations for fucking with the cube just was not there. Like you could have just stopped. Uh, they they didn't even need to do it. Um, I I wouldn't have they you know. The mo- I tell you, I could tell you how this movie should have went. They should have had a diabolical heist to take the cube and give it to the main character being an art collector or, you know, working at a um, kind of like an antique store and her playing with it and trying to figure out, you know, research it. She's trying to figure out what, what kind of ancient civilization it comes from. And accidentally tripping up all the things and, you know, and setting things into motion. And the more she's intrigued by it, she should have been an explorer. But, uh, again, they try to throw her in there being some sort of drug addict. And I, and I, I just don't understand that. Ah, uh, oh, man. It just The story was, all, was so far removed uh, from what actually needed to be there. And it just didn't make any sense. Um, and then she could have used a comb. You can't tell me that she ran around with that curly hair covering her eyes like the whole entire movie. It couldn't she couldn't move the hair out of her eyes? Come on now. Um, and then on the gory end, um, was it really that gory? Was it really what you come to expect of a Hellraiser? I didn't really feel so. I really didn't feel that that was all there. I kind of felt it was lackluster in that degree, in that aspect. Um, And then ultimately, the main actor chooses not to pick anything from the cube and just resets it and letting who truly is the villain of the movie, uh, get his uh, just dues. This is, to me, this is why the horror movies um, over the last 20 years um, have just stank up the joint, man. And, And why nobody's taking them serious. And why actually... They just are not as good as the olden days. I mean, I just don't know why they, they're just out of ideas or. But it was just it just the execution is just not there. I don't know, like. You know. Let, let's take Jurassic Park Part 1. That was so mind boggling. The story was so far fetched. But the execution of it was so good. It still to me is one of the best movies of all time ever made. And to me, I, I got to say, like, maybe I'm trying to think of the last great scary aliens, the OG aliens uh, was a really good horror movie. Jaws um, is a great horror movie. Um, trying to think, I'm trying to think like uh, the most recent. Paranormal Activity 1 was a great, like, uh, uh, point of view 
uh, horror story, which was, you know, was revolutionary at that point. Insidious started off good, didn't end well. Um, trying to think here. There just has not been very many good since, like, The Exorcist um, in, the, in that era, like, in the in the 80s. There just has not been that many good, hardly any good scary movies. Um, uh, most of them just suck. And, and I think the horror community knows this. Um, Halloween... I've heard sucks. It just, it's just not good. And, and much to the credit of Hulu, they went straight to Hulu. This is, you know, when things go to streaming, this is straight to DVD. And this is what it might be a straight to DVD quality. Because if it was any better, it would have been in cinema. Uh, smart on Hulu's part and the director and other. Okay. We, gonna make this story and maybe we'll get two or three out of it but straight to Hulu this was not picked up by anybody um okay the grudge in the ring was probably the last great offerings of horror um that have been given to horror fans and I mean that was a while ago those are the last great offerings and I kind of feel like the quality of horror movies and gore movies and and things of the nature just have not been there and I don't know what's going to take to change it um I don't know if directors want to get involved with it. Currently, we're in this superhero um, comic book video game uh, era of movies where that's going to probably predominantly reign at the top dog for the foreseeable 10 years. And most of these movies, the horror, the the one-off like Conception... Or, you know, as we segue to Northman, I just not, they just don't, they're just not going to be the focus of things. And to me, you know, looking back at Hellraiser, I probably won't watch it again. It's not like the first one or the second one. I watched a couple, you know, several times, you know, over the years. And more than that, I probably watched Hellraiser one, maybe like, 20 times I usually watch it if you know it's around October I'll just throw it on because I haven't seen it in a while I'm uh, not the greatest of fans but I did expect more of this new Hellraiser uh, also they should have turned the lights on on the movie because it was really dark um, throughout the movie very minimal color no balance on on that aspect And uh, but yeah uh, Hellraiser was there. I'd probably give it like a 4 out of a 10. Uh, if you, maybe if you're a fan of it, this makes so much sense. And oh, you got it. It's brand new. But nah, this isn't as good. 
Hulu was right into making Prey, the Predator reboot, and that was good. This Hellraiser was not good. Um, just what it is, man. And like I said, moving on to Northman. Uh, people had told me that the Northman was good, and it was one of the best movies I've ever seen. And I went into it not expecting much because I know it was advertised but it was just kind of there and that was on Amazon Prime and I watched it and I could say without a shadow of a doubt that the movie was not the greatest movie of all time ever this year Uh, I can't to me there's a couple of striking things in there Um, the action parts of it are good the little bit of action that there is. Um, there's a lot more talking in that movie than anything else. And to me, they completely wasted um, a couple of actors' screen time. And I was like, damn, they're only in the movie for like minutes. Little minutes. Um, and I think the movie was just ultimately unbalanced between they wanting to be like some great like Braveheart type of story uh, and then they try to dabble a little bit into the mystical like lore of some of these of the time you know Odin, Fenrir um, Valhalla and, and the Valkyrie and all, all kinds of other things um, they try to dabble a little bit into the like the mystical lore of things, and it just did that to me. That didn't need to be there. They should have they should have really kept this as a nut and bolt story of a kid whose father was killed by his uncle. That part of the story was good, but they didn't need to go mystical. Uh, the guy fought a drogger randomly for like that didn't need to be there either. They could have cut that shit out of the movie um didn't need to be there at all uh you know and then the man I I don't know they they just it could have been done differently it's all shot in a gray tone which to me kind of reminds me of like the Batman movies and like Legendary was doing that for a while and you're watching a great movie like like okay I get it but I would like to see some colors um, especially you're in Iceland and Iceland is very colorful and there's a lot of killing a lot of blood they could colorize it um, yeah but I just don't know what the what they were going for with them with the mystic the mystical magical lore of the whole thing I kind of feel like that was a little shoehorned in there to try to separate itself from being a straight up like again like a Braveheart type of movie or a like a whatever to me this was just a different version of like a 300 kind of in a sense where they they try to have to me it tried to be kind a little bit like 300 but in Iceland but also very gray 
And if you watch 300, you got to look at how 300 played out. Um, very different uh, color schemes. And what to me, what made 300 probably one of the best propaganda war movies ever made. Uh, it's not as good as as Saving Private Ryan. There's no, there's no, but it's up there. It's probably in the, to- it's probably in the top. For sure, in the top ten, uh, swords and sandal movies have ever made, and may- maybe even creep up into the top five. Um, to me, what made that great is you could actually see everything, and there was a lot of killing, and there was actually war going. This, this one, Northman, uh, there is killing. Very dark. Um, and just there's a lot of there's a lot of time in the movie where there's just not a lot going on. Again, they could have cut out several scenes, kept the pace going fast. Um, they didn't need to really dabble in the mystical realm. I didn't think. And just just uh, overall, and and it sounds like I'm really dogging the movie. I just would have done it different. Uh, you know, I would have done it different. Like. I wish it would have done it different. Um, but again, I mean, that's the movie's what it is. Uh, I felt the ending of it was okay. The guy had a choice to either stay with the his new love of his life, which he just met. There was no real no connection between those two characters. Uh, there was a you know they started trying to build that up like midways in the movie, and then he found out she was pregnant, and. Then he makes the choice to leave. Uh, I think that was kind of typical. That was a little bit typical. Uh, Hollywood try to set that up. I, I felt that that was really typical. But you know what? I wasn't wasn't overly fond of that typical trope. They should have had them both go back and slay uh, Fionnir. And she should have been the one to cut his head off and probably save her man. I mean, that if they really wanted to push that, the, the women have the strong roles. I mean, they should have both been there. To kill Fionnir. Um, and on top of that. They should have. They should have. Maybe they should have had her do it. And then. You know. Maybe. The main character be like. Amleth. Being like okay. the He's cursed to carry that sword. Um, for the rest of his life. And maybe it should have cursed him that way. Like, he'll never know peace because he didn't kill... He actually didn't kill Fionnir, but... Uh, the sword wants its payment, and... And maybe that will always lead him to war. Uh, you know, but they should have done something like that. I, I felt... He didn't really need to die. Um, 
they didn't need to force in that kind of like he's gonna make the ultimate sacrifice for her and she's gonna live on to be the king because if she gets to the new place I don't really think she's gonna end up being uh, a queen and be royalty I don't really feel that that was actually going to happen unless he survived so but with that I mean there is some things I would have changed differently about it uh, overall was it okay movie I'd probably give it like a 7 a little bit more I don't just on the I like the swords and sandal movies um, but this was not this was not in gonna be in the top 10 everybody said this is one of the best movies that they have seen I don't know from where uh, the guy playing Amulet was just buff and you don't really have any weight on the movie to me personally like he wasn't that strong of a lead but it, it doesn't take from the movie there was other aspects of the movie that were pretty good again there's a little bit a lot of uh, people being chopped up and killed that was kind of cool um, you know but overall I think it was an okay movie it was it wasn't okay it wasn't it was not the worst movie I've ever seen by far Hellraiser was a little bit worse than this Northman but this Northman wasn't like if you're going to compare it to like 300 or Gladiator it's not in those it's not in that league uh, not by a long shot um, you know it doesn't even you got Braveheart you've got 300 you've got Gladiator you've got Troy I mean you've got several movies that are above this and it just does not crack just not crack into the, I don't know if it's going to crack into the top 10 so I mean you take that for what it is but overall it was, an, it was an okay movie I don't want to dog it too much it was it was okay I, th- I thought it was very okay uh, with that said guys well, okay, I'll cut, the, cut this episode off here okay, post it up and uh I'll catch you guys on the next one. Maybe we'll talk some... uh, Maybe we'll finish off Andor by then. Or maybe we'll get... um, You know, talking about... uh, Several other things that I've been watching. And we'll see how that goes. Um, But hang... You know, hang in there. I'll be back as soon as I can. Hopefully not two weeks later. Hopefully, you know, maybe like... Sometime next week. Uh, I'll get something posted up for you guys uh, later. Thank you.